This is the Deezer Update for June 30th, 2019. I'm Alpha. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Sologi. And I'm Dan Red Victoria. And uh, it's holiday week. We've got both uh, Canada Day and the 4th of July uh, for uh, those mm-hmm. of you in the U.S., uh, so yeah, that's, uh, it, it's weird because Canada Day falls on a Monday, which, uh, well, would have been, well, would have been taken off anyway as part of the weekend. So technically you would get one less holiday day. So <laughs> that's, that's great, I guess. Uh, but yeah, your 4th of July falls in the middle of the week. So I don't know how that's going to be handled over there. You just, uh, what, just start the weekend early or? No, um, the way my job is doing it is they they have Thursday off and they work Friday. Oh, <laughs> that's odd. So it's like you come into work completely hungover. That's that's yeah, a yeah, more great or less. idea. <laughs> it's very American. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, that's the way we have it too. But our studio head said, uh, "Go ahead and take the fifth off." But yeah. um, it doesn't matter to me because I have to go to Cleveland from the third to the tenth and. Uh, it's fine. I'll make double time. Yeah. So. All right. So we got that going on, and uh, that means like we're in a new month, and that means new free games. And uh, yeah, I think my PlayStation Plus membership is justifying itself less and less lately. <laughs> uh, so let's kind of get into that. Uh, PlayStation Plus this month has uh, two games, as seems to be coming usual. Um, Pro Evolution Soccer 2019. Yay? I'll try it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have no interest in soccer, so that's one game that (laughs) doesn't do me any good. Uh, And the other game is Horizon Chase Turbo, which is awesome, but I already own, so... (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to get this shot to try that out. Yeah, it's a good, great game. So, Mm -hmm. uh, zero out of uh, two is, uh, is not great for me, so... We'll see what next month brings, but uh, I've, I've heard good things about Pro Evolution Soccer 2019, and it's one of the few games Konami actually still makes, so there's that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it, the microtransaction status or stuff like that is in that game. I guess we'll, well, we'll find out. <laughs> Lots of people will get to figure out what the, what's going on with that one, but uh, people have been looking for alternative to FIFA. This you know, seems like pretty legit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know a lot of people who will swear by Pro Evolution over um, over FIFA. Yeah, yeah. So, like almost almost to the to the point of being a religion. Hmm. <laughs> that's I I I wonder if that's not something that comes with the uh, the perils of a religion where you can't see the other side anymore. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, there's there's that. Uh, but yeah, so those are the two games for the, uh, PlayStation 4. Uh, the PS3 and Vita are gone, so you're not getting cross buys or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Horizon Chase Turbo. Well, I can't say enough good things about that game. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and now you have no excuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's been issued to you as part of your membership. If you, if you do not take this opportunity to play it, uh, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, which uh, brings us to uh, Games with Gold, uh, which is a uh, actually pretty decent month this month for uh, for Microsoft's console. Uh, starting right now, well, the well, yeah, tomorrow technically, uh, you're gonna get uh, Inside uh, for the Xbox One, which uh, I've heard good things about. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on the Xbox 360 BC front, you get uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which, given Bloodstain came out recently, is a pretty good, pretty fitting title to have in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, get the original. Uh, and then uh, Big Crown Showdown, which I have no idea what that is. <laughs> so. uh, it's a multiplayer game. Oh. So. Like local multiplayer, so. Yeah. Uh, interested in that? Uh, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Uh, well, you could uh, try out Meet the Robinsons, which I think is a licensed game. And yeah. I was looking at the the page and saw somehow it's a four and a half star from people reviewing it. And then I saw the, let's see, top review here. The game, this game is Dummy Whack. 
It feels like a Cartoon Network Flash game, but it was made in a Korean sweatshop with two light bulbs and a toilet plunger. Highly recommended, <laughs> five stars. So I think there's uh, people are putting some bullshit reviews here. <laughs> this game fills the void. My dad never could. This may look like a Wii game, but it made me feel like a saucy sauce, so it's uh, like for me. <laughs> what wow. the fuck? That's, you know, that's enough to make uh, me want to play it. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. Whether uh, the first guy they reviewed, his name is the Banana Pope. Well, he, then he's totally credible. Mm-hmm. And I can well, definitely confirm it. Game Pro back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Um, so that's yeah. the the four titles for the uh, Xbox One. Yeah, uh, basically nothing for me. Yeah, so it's one of so, them. Two of us. I just get one game out of PS Plus, at least. Yeah. That I want to play, so. There we go. So, yeah. Yeah, you win some, you lose some, but, uh, you know, if if things don't improve, I mean, free games was basically one of the reasons that I kept PlayStation Plus, uh, despite the fact that, you know, you need it for multiplayer. The uh, amount of multiplayer games that I play is very small. So, yeah, when it comes time to renew, I just might not do that uh, save that money and put it towards I don't know uh, EA access no <laughs> what, what, mm-hmm. it, yeah like I'm never going to do that we'll talk about that in a bit but yeah we've been playing some stuff uh, I see uh, Bloodstained is on like most of our lists uh, so, yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> so, this, so this is basically uh, we might as well just take up, take the opportunity and roundtable that one again because uh, I'm sure we're further in than we were last week when we started playing it. Uh, I just want to know, uh, yeah. Dan Grab, what uh, what platform are you playing this on? Yeah, I'm playing on Switch. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, you poor sweet summer child. I got it on Switch so I can get a steelbook, which ended up being a steelbook that carries both the CD and the cart. Well, so I guess oh. you'll just have to... Buy the physical PS4 version. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See. Yeah. Because the, uh, the, well, if you want the, the most stable version of the game, that's the PS4 right now. Well, next to the PC, because that one's actually ahead as far as what updates go. Uh, gotcha. I haven't played, um, I mean, I, I haven't had any issues with stability yet. I've been playing primarily in handheld mode, like during car trips and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, so far, it just it just it just feels like a standard Castlevania to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a brief uh, discussion on Facebook, and you know, it's it's, it's kind of frustrating that uh, you still have to have save rooms and uh, warp points at separate uh, time, uh, separate rooms. But yeah, you said that eventually fixes itself. So I'm yeah. not there yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, once you once you get to the village, which just happens like almost immediately. Um, you get uh, to talk to Dominique. She has a shop and she has waystones. Uh, okay. Yeah. You just yeah. That's, like a, that's another thing that I haven't really uh, delved too far in yet. Like, um, you know, they're, they're they're talking about crafting items and like the various things you can do. So I haven't really like captured all that yet. I'm just uh, feeling my way through, just killing enemies with a with a claymore and realizing, oh yeah, I have magic too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Once it's. Uh... It's a game that quickly opens up, um, and once it does, there's like, holy shit, there's a lot here. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can already tell that this thing goes upside down, so... Yep. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of does. After a fashion. Not the way you'd think it does. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so there, there's been that. I mean, yes, I'm pretty sure that some of you are actually probably further along in the game than I am. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I probably spent more time in it. Uh, yeah, yesterday I just got through the the underground sorcery lab, even though I'm like got 20 hours as far as playtime. <laughs> uh, These are games that are meant to be savored. Yeah, uh, the uh, quote unquote downside of this is that I am stupidly OP, uh, which I don't have a problem with, to be honest. So uh, yeah, it's enjoyable. Yeah, that actually worked in my favor yesterday when I ran into a bug on the train. <laughs> you know, um that's a section where you're uh fighting alongside Zangetsu. Uh and uh you get to it's timed basically run where you have to get to the end and complete it within I think it's a four four or five minutes, three yeah. minutes to get through. 
It's about five, yeah. I think. Yeah. So you have to get through there, and uh, you, you get you go through the boss door and you fight this big boss. Mm-hmm. But what happened to me was when I went through the boss door, I went through the floor. <laughs> so that was a problem. Uh, or it would have been if I had not been uh, as overleveled as I was because Zangetsu was doing enough damage that he was able to single-handedly beat the boss. He just did a solo run? Yeah, so he just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever, I got this. <laughs> so, uh, so I didn't have to do anything, and uh, yeah, the, that was a thing. Uh, yeah, I've noticed uh, transitioning between rooms, if you're jumping, how there are some, some areas in the castle where it, uh, there are actual issues there. Um, like, uh, the, uh, Tower of, Tower of Twin Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one particular section where you, if you transition from the straight 2D room into that 2.5D room where you're rotating around the tower, uh, mm-hmm. if you jump, if you jump into that 2.5D room, uh, you end up, like, disappearing. And, uh, basically stuck in limbo forever, just going around and around and around, and you can't go anywhere. Uh, I actually have that yep. on video. So, um, did you put it on YouTube? Uh, I did. I didn't put it on YouTube, but somebody else already did. So, uh, yeah. Um, so that's that's interesting. There are some definitely some issues there. Um, but apart from that, well, I've been really enjoying it. Uh, I'm just uh, the the quests, the side quests, and stuff that you have to do are like very simple and straightforward, but. They can uh, yield some pretty interesting items. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've got a, uh, I've got a set of boots that uh, eh, do pretty decent damage, but also make squeaking noises when you walk. So, mm-hmm. I, I love a game that is like dark and, and moody, and uh, but also not afraid to just you know have fun with itself. <laughs> so. And the, that's that's totally Koji Igarashi style. So yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've been enjoying that. Anybody else have anything to add about the about Bloodstain? Uh, not this week. I I haven't been playing it as much as I probably should in light of other releases. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there is basically one weapon in this game that you can get, and you don't need any others. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, the Rava Baral, <laughs> aka the Wind Sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is basically, it, it's pretty much the fastest weapon in the game. Yeah. And also, like, one of the few weapons that you can basically keep attacking with effortlessly when you're running forward. So, yeah, so the game helps. kind of beats it itself at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Like right now, I've got a, uh invisible sword, which, just as the name implies, is a sword that you can't see when you swing it. Um... Which uh, you would think is kind of cool, and it is, except that you don't know where your range is now. <laughs> so, wow. So that's, I mean, the, the the range is still the same as a standard sword. It's just you can't see the the swing. So it's where you develop a really good understanding of hitboxes. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm waiting for to find something better, or maybe I'll craft something if I can get the materials going. Because uh, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's good stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I'm actually in the uh, the Hall of Termination right now. Okay, so you're at the point, you're basically near the end, or at least you have... The first the ending. Yeah. I've already gotten the first ending, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so now I'm basically retracing my steps and finding new areas. Yeah, yeah, which is the, the fun one. Well, that's where you're going to get all the fun items. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, good. Stuff. So that's plus team, and that's pretty much it for me. What you bet? Well, uh, I've been I've been playing some Project Gotham Racing. Um, I talked last week about how um, I've got a a new 250 uh, gigabyte Xbox 360 Slim yeah. that I've been uh, working with, and um, really, it's been mostly the uh, backward compatibility I've been using so far, as well as some of the Xbox Live Arcade stuff. But um, in addition to that, it's also there's also been some Samurai Showdown, which uh, uh, the the brilliance um, 
of this game, which I should have expected considering it's the uh, the same guy who pretty much oversaw Capcom's golden age of fighting games. Hmm. Um, you know, all those brilliant um, mid to late 90s um, titles, Third Strike, um, you know, Alpha 2, Alpha 3, and so on. Um, but it definitely rethinks simplicity and um, and just very ground-level um, fighting systems when it comes to fighting games because even the very, re- the very relationship between frame data and, um, you know, normal attack properties uh, uh, in a uniform way um, are being reevaluated. Um, if you throw out a heavy attack, first off, it'll do ungodly damage if it lands. If you get blocked, it's like you got guard impacted in Soul Calibur, just as part of what a heavy attack is. Hmm. And so there, there's all manner of stuff like that that um, is just cooked into the system. And so they didn't really have to do a whole lot of stuff with, um, I guess, more active systems, just because um, there was so much on a basic level cooked into the battle system. Yeah, it, it looks very much like they thought about weapon weight, momentum, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, on, just on on a base level, and didn't they, make it a mechanic. So. They reevaluated everything, and mm. it shows. Mm. Uh, the very concept of what super moves do, the very concept of what throws do. Throws aren't even called throws anymore. They're called guard breaks. Mm. And so because that you don't necessarily throw your opponent, you just open them up. Mm. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's fucking brilliant in the way it handles these things. And I've... I, I've not been playing as much as I wanted to because even before um, even before Shadowbringers came out, uh, time was just kind of at a premium and I was wiped out anyway. But what I have played of it is spectacular and I can't wait to, to go deeper on it because um, like this is the game that Neo G went to SNK to make. Hmm. So yeah. it, it really shows his sensibility for... Um, simpler depth hmm. because you don't really have to have an encyclopedic understanding of how the of how the game actually works to benefit from the depth that it has. Hmm. And so, yeah. you know, also give a little uh, PSA here: if you're interested in the game, uh, pick up the season pass right now. Uh, it's free until. Uh, the 2nd of July. So, yeah, you got a couple of days uh, while you hear this to uh, still take advantage of that. And that's on PS4 and um, Xbox. Yeah. You can get that on, so um, keep that in mind. And then early access for Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers has started. And, oh, my God, this game is a lot to digest. Uh Naoki Yoshida has been fairly open since the game was announced about um, the basic subject matter of it, the inversion of light equals good, dark equals evil tropes, things like that. Um, Not so much was made of the fact that it more or less uh, blends your traditional high fantasy JRPG concept with... um, out-and-out horror. Um, The nightmare fuel flows like the Nile, and that's something I really didn't expect to see. Um, On a base gameplay level, it it improves on Stormblood in every meaningful way. Um, I really... I I said a couple weeks ago that um, they needed to, um, to optimize jobs you know, job move lists without dumbing them down. And I think they've accomplished that beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have heard in my, in the various guilds that I'm a part of in this game of some healers that have had complaints, 
but that mainly comes from the fact that um, going into development on this game, they wanted to emphasize uh, the healing aspects so they don't get to spend as much time uh, contributing to damage as they did. So that might just be some growing pains in that regard, but um, tanking feels outstanding, DPS feels outstanding. The the setting is maybe my favorite they've introduced yet in uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, the story is refreshing as fuck, and they really um, they're really exploring some aspects of characters that that have been there from the beginning that they really haven't explored up to this point because um, just given the very nature of how the, the narrative has progressed, there's been a time skip, but it, that time skip has been a different amount of time for some characters than others. So um, you might have, you know, Alphanod and Alice the the two twins, uh, they only had a one-year time skip <coughs> from the end of Stormblood, whereas uh, for Thancred, it's been five years. Hmm. So, um, and, you know, people will change in that amount of time, and they definitely explore that. And so that's um, one of the underlying themes. Uh on a more overt level, basically you're visiting an alternate world to the one that you've been playing in for the last uh, six years that has been... Basically, their warriors of light were so successful that they threw off the light and dark balance in the world. Wow. And um, the world is becoming overrun with light. Mm. To the point where only um, its version of Eorzea, which is called Norvrant, um, even still exists. And so you have this inversion of the light and dark relationship as you've known it all this time, where um, people are waiting for the warrior of darkness to show up and save the world more or less. And, you know, it's so over, the world's so overrun with light that there's not even any darkness in the night sky. And that's one of the things that plays out, like when you, um, whenever you defeat the sort of chief, um, light elemental monster in any given zone, um, it restores darkness to the night and, um, weather and things like that. Otherwise, you just get this kind of, sickly yellowish light in the sky at all hours, hmm. which is creepy as fuck. And then whenever the light envelops, um, you know, creatures, people, whatever, um, they either get killed or they get turned hmm. into, um, you know, the for the dark equivalent, Final Fantasy XIV uses the term void scent, but um, the light equivalent are called Sin Eaters, and they are maybe even more horrifying to look at <laughs> than yeah. um, the void scent are. But you definitely get a, um, a very close perspective of seeing someone get turned very early on in the expansion, and it's probably the most nightmarish thing I've seen in Final Fantasy XIV up to this point. Mm. Um, it's, it, it's just one of those what-in-the-goddamn-fuck-just-happened moments. But, um, it, and that just kind of sets the tone for Shadowbringers, and it doesn't let up from there. Like, you eventually end up fighting a primal that got turned, and um, there's one part where it's basically telepathically communicating with you from its lair, which is fucking creepy. Wow. And yeah, they, um, they do not hold back with this expansion. And honestly, <coughs> I am expecting it to be even more of a bloodbath than heaven's ward was, hmm. which, um, 
Heaven's Ward had a hell of a body count. Yeah. But I've already seen at least one major character who I'm pretty sure triggered their own narrative death flags mm. fairly early on in the game. So we'll have to see about that. But, um, oh, I, I, I could go on for hours about this expansion, but, um, it's still in early access right now. The actual release is Tuesday. Yeah. And if you were ever curious about getting into Final Fantasy XIV, there's never been a better jumping on point than this. Um, and I cannot stress enough that it is a Final Fantasy game first and an MMORPG second. Mm-hmm. So um, if you decide to get into it and you want to experience it more as a as a JRPG, it certainly is that. So, yeah, I, I better stop there because, um, I, the, you know, the game isn't even officially out yet, and I'm about halfway through it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the, uh, the expect this to be on my now playing list for a very long time from here. Yeah, yeah. you can kind of tell. I also get the yeah. sense that some of the uh, writers on the uh, Shadowbringers team are probably big Wheel of Time fans. Uh, I'm in no position to say that, say, speak on that one way or the other, but I'll have to uh, defer to your expertise there. Yeah, well, I'm just saying uh, the the uh, the whole uh, light uh, overrunning the uh, the world uh, is uh, something that was quite effectively explored in the last Wheel of Time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll have to send you guys the cutscene that I'm talking about in particular because Jesus fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but yeah, Brandon, you played Bloodstain, so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, not much else to say there. Well, that I did uh, find the uh, hidden boss on the train. Yeah, the Kuni Kuni Kuni. Yeah. Which is sort of like Japan's version of uh, Slender Man. Mm-hmm. Like they're... Um, for all of the menace he has, he's actually really easy to beat. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want him looking at you, basically. Yeah. Mm. Um, basically, just have him chase you over to the left to where that is. Get on top of that crate and crouch and just keep attacking him, and that's it. Not that hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, so Chris. Uh, yeah, so I got uh, Super Mario Maker two early this morning. I uh, went to GameStop and traded in some stuff for it. Um, and yeah, one of the things that that was weird when I went to go trade in some stuff. So uh, I got Detroit in the E three sale for eight bucks. I traded in the physical version for sixteen. So I made money off of that. Uh, and this is why GameStop is broke. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, during that week or so that it was on sale, it was like seven bucks to trade in. Yeah. So me not rushing in to trade it in was uh, beneficial. Yeah. Uh, now the the price that people can get it for is a bit higher. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I've been playing some of it. The single player stuff is pretty good. It's all kind of challenge levels, essentially that the the devs have made. Um. A lot of good ways of like showing you different things you can do with uh, the new tools, especially like the the new like goal scenarios. Because before it was just get to the end, mm. uh, and that's about it. And so there's some that they show you like, hey, once you get 30, you can get to the the goal at the end, or you know you have to get to the end without uh, jumping or like landing. It's a little bit hard to explain, but essentially, like, the whole level's built around platforms, kind of, uh, like, you manipulating these platforms so that they push you up to higher platforms, that sort of thing. So they have them, like, stuck to uh, different creatures. There's, like, one in a haunted house where you have to uh, sort of ride this uh, boo that has a cannon on top of him and so depending on which way you're looking he will move that way uh sort of thing so you're kind of guiding him up this vertical 
uh, uh, part of the level, and eventually that part you're guiding him to the flag to get you out of there, uh, sort of thing. So they they do a lot of smart uses of those tools to kind of be good guides for like, hey, you can do this sort of stuff in the game, and uh, it's not always just about making it to the end. It's about you know giving you different uh, different requirements to make you play the level different ways besides just banging your head through the level. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, definitely, like one of the big issues I've seen so far is that there's no central site for the for the levels that people are making. So if you are uh, you know make something, you have to post a code. On you know Twitter or Facebook or whatever site you frequent to tell people to go check out your level, which is not uh, something that's all that useful, especially because you're expecting them to go do that like right that second. Mm. Um, I've not dove into that stuff just yet. I've just been playing some of the the simple uh, the single player challenges, uh, which that whole conceit is uh, you you're putting together Peach's castle and then. Uh, so if you know the the Mario Maker tool sets, there's a dog that you use to change, I think, sound effects or something like that uh, in the original game. And now it's like an actual dog with with still that like icon around its head mm. of the of the the dog face. And they comment like, "Why is there this reset rocket icon sitting over here?" And of course, the dog is like running around. Have fun and lands on the the reset rocket and blows up Peach's castle, and so now you have to rebuild the castle by doing these jobs, aka levels uh, that are sent up by random people, I guess, because uh, they just have just different weird names to like hide their identities, I guess. Um, but yeah, the you get money from that, coins from that, and you use that to buy upgrades. For the there are different parts of the castle to build, start building. Then you need to beat like X amount of levels to finish that part of the castle. So it, it actually makes use of the coins pretty well in a way that like if you remember, New Super Mario Brothers Two was all about getting mo- getting all the coins, and it really served no purpose because mm-hmm. it was just about getting a high score as you could. Uh, and here, at least, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and one of the weird things, like when you go to make, uh, go start, uh, checking out other people's creations, you go into the maker or the, the bot world, whatever they call it. Uh, you have to create a username for this service that's unique to your account. So somebody already has the name that you want, uh, you're fucked. You gotta come up with something else. And it's like real weird that that is a whole thing. Instead of just using your like account name, your Nintendo account name. Uh, but yeah, so far it's been really quite nice. Just single player wise, it has a lot of cool stuff in there. Mm. Uh, I'll probably be doing a stream for this tonight. Uh, I might might get the, uh, dive into the maker stuff and maybe make something on the stream for people to check out in about an hour and a half or so. So uh, that'll be fun to do. And uh, let's see. I've been playing more Rocket League. Uh, nearly done with the challenges for uh, this week. Like I just had to play a bit more, and also just trying to get the uh, the last few uh, uh, items that are available for this round of the summer event. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's been that's been a lot of fun so far. And I've been playing some A Link Between Worlds. I picked that up from the most recent uh, the Nintendo E3 sale. I uh, kind of wanted to get back into it. I remember playing it way back in the day, but I didn't really play. I didn't really play it much with sound on. And there's a big collectible that relies entirely on sound. I just happened to run upon a bunch of them uh, without much. Uh, without much of the the main mechanic they built around that, which is like sound. Uh, but yeah, I'm still in the early parts. Haven't gotten to the point where uh, the wizard uh, fucks things up. So mm. I'm still getting through it in that part. But uh been liking it so far. And 
uh, with the Steam sale uh, that is going on, they have this weird meta game built around like a Grand Prix mm-hmm. based on people joining teams that kind of makes no sense. Because mm. uh, you, if you buy games, you get you increase your boost bar, but they also say if you play games, you also get points. But if you play more than you have actual points available to earn, you don't get any, and it doesn't really make any sense. It's a kind of a pile of shit. Then they have like rewards, I guess, for teams for how your team finishes, which doesn't. So it just seems like, hey, you get you can buy Cyberpunk for sixty bucks. It's like, okay, why why is that a thing? Uh, yeah, it's just real weird. But uh, in the there's one section. It's like, hey, play games you own, which mostly is free to play games. Uh, but one of them was Divinity Original Sin 2. I was like, yeah, I should actually play that. Like the one challenge it asks, get the face ripper and rip off somebody's face with it. Mm-hmm. Which I was playing for about an hour and a half, didn't really get to that point. But that's really good. I really like it. Uh, you're kind of on this ship, uh, and shit goes bad. Uh, so you're trying to get out of there, and just the, the combat system's really nice. Uh Story stuff has been pretty good so far, so I'm definitely going to put some more time into that. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of been it. How about you, Dan Rev? Yeah, um, I've also been playing Mario Maker 2. Um, I never really got a chance to delve into the um, course maker stuff yet because I'm not really a maker. And uh, I haven't tried anybody else's courses yet, but I've been having a whole lot of fun with the single-player story mode, uh, which you talked about briefly. I'm about... <clears throat> maybe 60% through, like, over the, the course of the last two nights, I've beaten, like, more than 50 levels. And uh, they're all pretty short and sweet, and what I like about them is they actually really teach you about the various nuances of the game. Um, you know, growing up, I never had a Super Nintendo, so I don't appreciate Super Mario World as much as, like, the rest of the world does. I've always been about Super Mario Brothers 3, and... Well, 3 is the better game anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, I also like the music a whole lot better. Um, but uh, yeah, like there haven't been as many um, Mario Brothers 3 episodes based on what's been played here, but um, I definitely appreciate when they did show up. And some of these things are pretty cool. Like uh, there's some um, there's some things you have to do before you beat each level for some of them. Like, for example, you have to get 50 coins in this course before uh, activating the flagpole uh, to get out. Or... You have to go inside uh, the um, the Koopa helicopter thing and then use your fireballs, and then eventually it, it becomes a bullet hell shooter. And I was like, okay, cool. Like um, a, a, a lot of things that made the, the original Super Mario Maker what it was uh, and uh, things like that. Um, I actually just finished the level where you use the uh, Koopa Trooper uh, car, and it kind of felt like um, – like a 2D Mario Kart in a way of like getting through a maze, except that if you crash three times, your car dies, and so do you. And um, before the podcast started, um, I was in this level where you actually have to run away from a poisonous mushroom. And if you thought the sun was scary, the poisonous mushroom is a whole lot worse. <laughs> and like I was, I, I was like losing my shit with that. Um, like. I'm not really a huge fan of like watching react videos or like let's plays and stuff, but like a lot of the things I've been seeing from Mario maker two over the past two days are just pretty awesome. And I uh, can't wait to uh, delve even further. Um, there's also a star system where it'll, it'll, it'll show how hard the level is and it's a whole lot. Satis- it's, it's really satisfying when you can just beat it your first time through. Um, I'll tell you what though, when you, when you die twice, um, Nintendo goes ahead and throws throws Luigi at you saying, hey, hey, bro, um, if you want, you can activate Luigi mode and then we can just uh, get through all the hard stuff. And I'm like, fuck. So uh, don't, don't die twice because that, that pop-up will always show up and I have no idea how to stop it. Have Maybe you lost I all have, your lives yet? What was that? Have you lost all your lives yet? I have lost all my lives, yeah. Yeah, he but, taunts uh, you? Oh, yeah. It's pretty fucking annoying. But at the same time, it's a good motivator so it doesn't happen again. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, really enjoying the game so far as soon as i uh, uh get a hand with the uh the multiplayer stuff i'll go ahead and report in there but a whole lot of fun um also been playing bloodstained mentioned that for a little bit uh, a while ago um i also finished my friend pedro um another of the uh indie games from uh, published by devolver um 
in this game, you play this guy who um, does all these things, all these dangerous things because his friend Pedro told him to. Mind you, Pedro is a banana, and mm-hmm. um, it's very Matrixy. Like um, this whole thing is a bullet time. It's a two D shooter, and it's really all about planning your course of attack and just going through it that way. Um, your right stick sort of controls your reticle, so that you can also um, use your double guns to shoot in various places. And you also have a slow motion mode, so while you're flipping your way through the air, you can also um, just kill people in all sorts of cool ways. Um, it reminds me a lot of. Um, Beautiful Joe, except with projectiles, hmm. and also a whole lot of fun. Um, like Devolver's been killing it. Like as far as Ape Out and Katana Zero and my friend Pedro, like all so far, all of these games are in my top ten this year, and they're totally killing it with whatever they're publishing. Hmm. Um, I also got a review code for Leisure Suit Larry: Wet Dreams Don't Dry. Yes, that's a real <laughs> title. Yes, he's back. It's as that's about as crude as you would think. And um, yeah. Uh, but the whole thing about it now is that, you know, he's uh, there hasn't been a Leaky Suit Larry game in a while. And now he wakes up like in our modern world where you have social media and all that shit. And uh, he doesn't understand any of it. And, you know, hilarity ensues if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. And hilarity then your awkwardness, depending on <laughs> a lot of it's just a whole lot of cringe. And like, I appreciate that about because the the writing like. As bad as it is, it's it's so bad it's good. It's one of those uh, it's one of those situations. And then um, a couple of weeks ago, I delved back into Shenmue. Um, I know in previous podcasts I talk about how um, awkward the controls are back on the Dreamcast, and then I pop in the uh, one and two um, remasters, and uh, yeah, the controls are still awkward. They didn't fix that at all. Nope. Um, but I actually got through Shenmue 1 this time. I platinumed the game, and I was like, cool. Um, we never got to see Landy again. And then uh, I asked my coworker the other day, hey, are, are we going to see Landy in part two? He's like, yeah, at the end, and then it ends. And I was like, okay, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you have to do but Yeah, so far we didn't have to ask for any sailors or Chinese people in part two, so <laughs> I guess it grew up in that regard. But it's still... Pretty much the same game. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to assume it's longer. And uh, yeah, it's a little yeah. longer. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely enjoying it. Um, like the, the the one thing that I didn't like was with the original game where you had to fight like 70 people at the same time with a shitty camera. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping this doesn't happen again, but I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 The I combat don't... in Shenmue 2 is a little bit better, not by much, but. It's a little bit of an improvement. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it literally feels like the same game, except instead of pressing X, I'm pressing a square to do commands. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Also, uh, the, the, the gotcha shit is really addictive. <laughs> These were the early uh, microtransactions without real money. Yeah. <laughs> the arcade twos in there. Yeah. yeah. Played a lot of OutRun, a lot of Space mm-hmm. Harrier. Um, I never actually knew what Space Harrier was. Uh, until a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm like browsing through my Switch eShop, and it's like, oh look, you can buy Space Harrier. And they like, still not- hold up too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely does. Yeah. But yeah, that's been it. All right. Okay, so we have a handful of news topics to get through for uh, this week. Uh, I guess it's been kind of a quiet week. <laughs> it is the mm-hmm. summer after all. Well, everyone's playing Bloodstained and Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, and Mario and Samurai Maker, Showdown. Samurai Showdown. Yep. And, it was yes. a it was a big release week. Yeah, a lot Where, of games yeah. to play. My wallet does not like me this week. No. Um, so yeah, uh, we uh, we knew that EA Access was going to be coming to the PS4. Uh, we have the date for that now. That's uh, July twenty fourth. So in uh, mm-hmm. like three weeks, we're not wasting any time. Nope. Um, one thing to keep in mind, uh, if you're if you're already an EA Access member on any of the other platforms, they, your membership doesn't carry over. Yeah. Uh, so because of course it does. Of course, because it's EA. Why why, why would they uh, give you a cross-platform subscription? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like that would make sense or anything. It's not like they're Microsoft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, uh, those games are so different on Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> and by so different, I mean not at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it kind of brings uh, like the the, pl- the uh, subscription service over to 
uh, well, the three major platforms. It's not on the Switch yet. It's uh, but I'm... it's not really much on the Switch from EA. Yeah, yeah, it would be a different mm-hmm. selection entirely. Yes, here's two FIFA games and Fee and both unravels, and that's, and that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, and of all of the subscription games, uh, subscription games, subscription services that exist right now, I think EA Access is probably the only one that I would actually consider uh, subscribing to. Um, because I really don't have any desire to pay full price for anything EA makes at this point. And thirty bucks for a year is a pretty great price. Mm-hmm. It's like half of one of their games uh, for a year, and you get access to their entire back catalog for that yeah. platform. Wait, it's, it's thirty bucks for a year? For a year? Yeah. yeah. I buy Madden every year. I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for yeah. half a Madden, you get. Well, Madden and everything else. Yeah, you won't be able to play it at launch outside of like the ten-hour trial, oh. but you'll be able to uh, play it around January-ish, mm. like playoff no, time. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Although I think you subscribe, you also yeah, exactly what you, what Chris just said. I mean, but, but, but by the time January rolls around, the game is like twenty bucks anyway. <laughs> yeah, mm. but having the access membership also gets you uh, like I think it's twenty percent off. Was it five? Ten Ten percent. Yeah. So there's that. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I'm sure that uh, will probably appeal to some people. Um, I'm yeah, I'll probably sign up for this. I'm tempted just to try out Need for Speed Payback, um, just to see how much of a yeah, you can play all the Need for Speed games this generation. Figure out what went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that might be a fun article. <laughs> what the fuck happened to Need for Speed? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in other news, uh, we got this week a surprise announcement from the Raspberry Pi Foundation. The uh, Raspberry Pi 4 Model B is out. Starts at 35 bucks. And notice I mm-hmm. said starts at because th- instead of one model, it's three of them. Wow. Uh, so uh, oh. it's, it's a complete... Rearchitecture of the platform. Um, so, uh, new CPU, new GPU. Uh, memory went from DDR2 to DDR4, so big speed improvements there. Uh, CPU speed improvements are about three times on average. I would like, I would say. Um, so that should be pretty good. And they come in uh, one one gig for thirty five bucks, two gigs for forty five bucks, and a four gig variant for fifty five dollars. Uh, naturally, you're going to need power supplies and all that stuff to go along with it, but you can get kits yeah. for that as well. So, dual monitor support. Yeah, that's going to be mm-hmm. very interesting. Uh, dual monitor support, uh, four, dual four K thirty. <laughs> so that could be yeah though they're using a different so hdmi connector theoretically yeah. if you wanted to to set it up with mame you could make a two-sided um you could make a two-sided unit and sort of have a portable versus city yes yeah you could do that and uh, i can't wait to have money <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would be kind of fun yeah i'm uh the four gig variants are sold out right now uh, as you would imagine, those are probably the first ones that would go because everybody wants the big ones. Um, yeah, I'm waiting for uh, RetroPie to get support for uh, the the Pi Four in because the folks uh, de- developing RetroPie just got their samples in, so it's like, yeah, it's going to take us a little while to figure this out. Um, yeah, get yeah. some nice uh, cases too. Yeah, right now there's just a little you know crappy case that comes along with it, but I'm sure there'll be others. Uh, no, active. I seriously want to do this RetroPie uh, versus City project now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two monitors, and yeah, it's, it's it'll be fun. Yeah. Two monitors, two um, two fight stick panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, since you're basically just mirroring the, the screen on both sides. But uh, what's more interesting to me is wondering if you could do two displays uh, separately. Because that might open up dual, uh, well, link games like you know, well, outrun linked or yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, you know, Daytona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there might be enough power in the Raspberry Pi Four to actually run Model Two. So that 
is potentially interesting. Um, yeah, I'd be happy like just running sweet. Super Turbo and Third Strike. Yeah, that too. Yeah, seems like a pretty good for like a tournament kind of thing. You could have the monitor the players are on versus like a you know bigger screen or projector or whatever the other one goes into. Yeah, yeah, you, you, make it easier for everybody else to watch. Yeah. Usually they when they do that they just do uh, a capture the device on the uh, capture device and a splitter, so yeah. you know that might make things easier. <laughs> Be able to just take that. Uh, video now here's your portable, you know, display yeah. device. Yep. Um, so yeah, I can't really comment too much on uh, performance or anything like that yet because I only know the specs, uh, but uh, it's. You know, it's more modern architecture, so it should uh, it should be pretty good, pretty big upgrade. A lot of people are saying uh, that this is an actual viable desktop PC now. So Jesus. yeah, I see they have a desktop kit for 120 bucks. Yeah, a, the four gig Pi case, P- PSU, mouse and keyboard, HDMI cables, copy of the beginner's guide. And 16 gig SD card, micro yeah. SD card. Yeah, I'll wait for the uh, the for them to come back in stock again, and then maybe uh, pick one up and see what's going on. Probably going to wait a little bit just uh, so that you know stuff starts to mature a little bit, because as it is right now, there's no hardware accelerated video decoding in the uh, in the browser, which is a problem. Because if you want to watch videos on YouTube, it kind of chugs a little bit uh, without it. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, like given what people have been able to do with the Pi Three, um, I'm expecting there's going to be a lot of fun stuff that can be done yeah. with this once people start getting their heads around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fun stuff. Uh, in other news, uh, USA Network is adapting Masters of Doom. Remember the uh, David Kushner book about uh, the founding of id Software? Yep. Yeah, they're they're doing a TC- TV series. Uh, based on that, uh, that is going uh, to be interesting to see. Yeah. With the Franco brothers as executive producers. Yeah. So this could be. So who are they going to play? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which ones? Which ones, John, and which ones, uh, John? John, John and yeah. John. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, ones, Romero? Which ones, uh, Carmack? Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody uh, either of, can either of them play a person with no personality because that's what Carmack was at the, at that time. I mean, yeah, pretty much. That's James Franco. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but see, James Franco looks more like John Romero. So, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of liking this trend to uh, TV series and movies about you know the history of video games because it seems like mm-hmm. you know their video games are starting to be acknowledged as you know an actual part of culture and art now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's uh, I remember there's going to be a, uh, a documentary and movie about console wars, uh, the uh, Blake Harris book. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's supposed to be out. Uh, well. If it's coming out, it's going to be 2020. So, yeah. And this series uh, will be later this year. Uh, they say it's going to be in time for the uh, 2019 pilot season. So, nice. Yeah. Um, interesting thing I see here is the one of the guys also working on this is Tom Bissell. Yep. Uh, you know what else he worked on? Yeah, Gears and Battlefield and whatever. Uh, no, he was co-author of the book that inspired the Disaster Artist. Oh. <laughs> Ah, yes. So, Another James Franco joint. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I mean, the Disaster Artist was amazing because it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> With all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's going to be weird to see how they how they, they turn it into a TV show. Um, and seeing those two clashing personalities. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's going to be weird because, I mean, who else was uh, involved at that time? It was, uh, you know, the two Johns. You had Tom Hall. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. And so you're going to need somebody with a very boisterous personality to play him. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're going to need uh, American McGee to show up at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, American McGee. um, Let's see. uh, Yeah, don't forget Adrian Carmack. Yeah, the artist. He has to show up at some point because, I mean... He pretty much is responsible for the visual 
style of Doom, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Quake for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be amazing seeing what that's going to do. Um, yeah, I have high hopes. Hopefully, it's better than the adaptation of Jacked. <laughs> Boy, his other book <laughs> mm-hmm. that did not go so well. Uh, but anyway, so we'll wait and uh, we'll see on that. I can't. I can't wait to see it. I love that book, and I kind of wish they'd update it at some point because a lot has happened since two thousand three. Yeah. Uh, so we got some game announcements. I will. I did just think though, uh, if they're doing that thing, you know, there's going to be a good chunk of that series that's going to revolve around Columbine and the Fallout. Hey, yeah, yeah. Because you know, we, I we you know I grew up during that time, and uh, as we all know, people drew a direct line between you know what Harrison Klebold did at Columbine and. Uh, you know Harris's obsession with Doom. So yeah, yeah, but mm, yeah, that was unfortunate because that was a very uh, troubled individual, and mm-hmm. yeah, Doom just got kind of lumped in with it. So he's going to be playing Trent Reznor because he shows up in there at some point. I think Trent Reznor will be playing Trent. <laughs> 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 Nobody can play point. Trent Reznor but Trent Reznor. <laughs> So, I think that's the law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Besides, I mean, I, I, if you're Trent Reznor, would you like you know, turn down the opportunity to, to to be in this kind of a, kind of a series? He's like a huge. This is his you know, thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's totally his things. Yeah, can't wait for that. All right. Uh, this week we also got a surprise announcement from Sega. Um, Soul Seraph. Yeah, from the the great team at Ace. Yeah. And this Makers like, of Xenoclash, uh, uh, Rock of Ages, a uh, bunch of other stuff. Yeah, Abyss Odyssey, but I don't hold that against them. They make a lot of just weird stuff. Yeah. And this looks like Razor. Yep. Uh, and it's basically a spiritual successor to Razor. Yeah. Yeah, the most normal looking thing they've made in a while. It, it, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> looks great. This looks like a regular indie game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a weird indie game. Yeah, yeah. I guess Sega made, said probably, hey, can you guys do something that isn't completely batshit insane? <laughs> you guys are at a 10 right now, and we're going to need you at about a 3. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, you see who's uh, doing the soundtrack for this? Uh, who's that, Yuzo Koshiro? No. Yep, Yuzo Koshiro. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's going to be a spiritual successor to Act Racer, you're going to need yeah. him. The writer is Jonas Kirazis, who did uh, Tell Us Principle. Mm-hmm. Let's see, we'll claim everything. So he's done some good work there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just neat seeing Sega investing in some new IP. Um, Which is technically based on old IP. Yeah, not directly, but kind of. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because uh, Quintet is not around anymore. so Sadly. Yeah. And it's going to be out on everything... Yeah, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want this. Hoping we get a code for this. Yes. I want this badly. <laughs> I was a massive ActRaiser fan back in the day. Um, yep. Even even ActRaiser 2, which was a completely different style of game. Yeah, uh, ActRaiser 2, wasn't that pretty much just a regular old platformer? Yeah, it was yeah. basically a straight-up platformer, yeah. It's still a very solid one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, next up, we got news from Falcom. Uh, they showed off some screenshots of the next Trails game, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a Trails game. Oh and yeah, kind of surprised that they're calling it that because I thought Cold Steel Four was supposed to be the end of the Trails. Um, so oh no, <laughs> couldn't be. Nope. Um, and also, I mean, there's still like a whole area of that of that of that continent that they still haven't done a story in. That's true. They yeah. still haven't done a story in the Republic of Calvert. And, well, that's maybe what this might be. Might be. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, look at the map of Zemuria here. Like, that unexplored part is bigger than what we already have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I've... Okay, so... Uh, Cold Steel 3... We'll be able to play that in English uh, in Same. September. Yep. Yeah. 
And then I think, I'm pretty sure, isn't uh, Cold Steel 4 already out in Japan now? I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it just came and out. And they went hard on that intro. Hmm. Yes, they did. Yeah. Also, if you're wondering, like, where have all my uh, friends and party members from Trails in the Sky, where have they gone? Uh, they're oh, yeah. all... Yeah, they show. They all show up in the other two, in the last two Cold Steel games. Um, but uh, yeah, um, all I gotta say is, you know, uh, I can't wait for September, and then I can't <laughs> wait for whenever Cold Steel Four gets here. Yeah. Um, and then whenever this new game arrives. Yeah. Uh, and then whenever another... the sequel to that game arrives. There was also another news uh, bit in that uh, the older. Uh, Trails games uh, will probably be making their way to PS4. Crossbell time! So, uh, Crossbell. The all the yes? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, please take my money. Uh, so, yeah. Trails of Zero and Trails of Azure? Yeah. Yep. Everything, I think they're, yeah. they're going to be bringing. I guess this new game is being built on a new engine. Yeah. Yeah. So that might I be mean, like, where these uh, other games go to. Especially after playing the uh, Definitive Editions on PS4, like, Looking at these screenshots is like, oh yeah, they still have the real PS4 games to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, they're using a, a new engine. I, <laughs> apparent, according to this, they've used it. They're using a new engine for these recent ones. So they can certainly afford it now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been successful enough. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad the Falcom is, uh, you know, still doing that. They've also got East Nine coming and. Uh, kinds of fun stuff coming from them. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, this is a great quote they ended this article with. Uh, finally he said, I want to promise to deliver something in some form. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to promise. That's a great... I, I want to promise, but I, I can't... Maybe I can't... I want right to deliver now. something in some form at some, some time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. Perhaps. Please, un- please understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's the most <laughs> vague I've ever heard. <laughs> so uh, I would like to do somewhere this a publicist's head desking. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, and finally, our last story of the week. Uh, did you know we're in a trade war with China? Apparently, uh-huh. yeah. So uh, yeah, how's that going? By the way, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the day, apparently. Yeah, go for broke. It's on Trump. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it really is. It's going but, so well that Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo are working together here. Yeah, it, it's uh, a rare occasion where Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo are actually agreeing on something. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they're agreeing on themselves being exempt from uh, tariffs instead of like the tariffs themselves being complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, that's a thing, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you guys, if anyone here has listened to uh, Let's Weekend, you should be very well aware that we are no fans of the Trump administration. Uh, no. However, uh, when, it, when it comes down to, to this, I think the solution is not exemptions. The solution is uh, just dumping Get the right. whole yeah. sort of thing idea completely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, yeah. But, but I don't know that these companies will be the ones to convince them that they're a stupid idea. Yeah, <laughs> not like this. Well, not that way. But it's you know, it's also Dell, it's also HP. There's uh, a whole bunch of other companies who are you know saying the exact same thing. Yeah, uh, and they're also wanting to be exempted from the mm-hmm. yeah. So so none of them are saying uh, yeah, you really shouldn't do this. You're just saying, well, if you do this, could you not have us in it, please? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which uh, is, to me, just... Probably the most American thing to... <laughs> yeah. But uh, you can kind of understand wh- where they're coming from because, well, 2020 is uh, when, well, uh, next generation consoles are scheduled to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's also the time of the next election. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of me thinks that uh, the result of that next election, or at least, uh, well, basically what I'm saying, part of me thinks that uh, these next generation consoles are probably going to be delayed past the election 
mm-hmm. to give the uh, to give the three companies time to figure out what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. So with stuff like this, if uh, you know we don't get some certainty going forward, uh, I think it could actually push the next console generation past twenty twenty into twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yep, it affects it's, bottom lines. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, is there... Anybody have any comments on this? Uh, 2020 can't get here fast enough? Yeah. <laughs> well, there is that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the Trump tariffs. I mean, you don't like your... Pol- you know, People don't like politics getting into their gaming? Well, here it is. Uh, directly getting up in your game. And have a chance to kick them out too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're here because a whole bunch of people didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's basically time to start giving a fuck. So yeah. what you're saying is I should make a Mario Maker two level about tariffs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Just, just make. Well, can, can you uh, set up the goals so so that uh, uh, they uh, grow by twenty five percent? do is you get up to the the flagpole. And something drops on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or uh, or basically make it so that you get to the flagpole and then it moves 25% further every time you try to get to it. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I think uh, that's probably going to do it for this week. Uh, I'm kind of short and sweet, but hey. It's, mm-hmm. it's After E3, summer. I think it's kind of welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Besides, I think we probably all want to get to playing Bloodstained and Mario Maker and Shadowbringers and Samurai Showdown and holy crap, and we're not even halfway. We're not even the first week of July yet, and we're still nope. a week. This all happened in a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about all these games here in December. Yep, mm-hmm. a lot of these are going to be in our game of the year lists for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, with that, I want to remind everybody that you can uh, reach us uh, on uh, Anchor.fm. That's uh, where you go to subscribe, Anchor.fm slash Day Zero Update. Uh, we've got the link in the show notes if uh, you happen to need that. Uh, that'll give you uh, the links to uh, all of the major podcast platforms. Um, yeah. yeah. Check that out. And also uh, check out uh, Smashpad.com where uh, Dan Reb just posted his review of uh, My Friend Pedro which is an insane game. Pedro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just want to point out there's there there is something wrong with the people that developed this game. I'm just <laughs> it's like on just, a fundamental level. Yeah. There's something wrong, but it's working for them, so I am good I'm good yeah. with it. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned in my review, mm-hmm. but like if these guys were given Deadpool, it would be insane. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be a good Deadpool game. Yeah. yeah. All right, so for uh, Brandon Perkins, Patrick Mifflin, Chris Sologi, and Andrew Victorio, I have been Filippo Donolfo, and we'll see you next week.